I always like to look t- towards the future. And, I, and the reason I say that is because at various seasons in my life, I used to always look back. What is this? Why did I do this? And you end up staying in a place of regret, a place of despair. And you constantly look over your shoulder, whereas I had to reposition my mind and let things go. I'm also quite sensitive. So that comes quite hard to me because I hold on to things. I pride myself on being forward looking. That happened, good or bad, what can I learn? How do I move forward? And how do I always remember that? What's in front of me is greater than what was behind me. So if it was in my, mm. I always say that nothing that's meant for me will pass me by and nothing that's behind me is greater than what lies ahead of me. So if it's, if it's in my rear view, that's because something better has come in. And so helping to reposition my mind to think future forward is something else I'd say. When someone asks you to describe yourself, a lot of it can sound really basic. But until you realise, and maybe because of the kind of work that I do, you realise that actually good-fashioned characteristics and stuff like that quite hard to come by from a lot of people. When I, when, when I use words to describe myself, I would say I'm a faithful person in all expressions of the word. And I don't always believe in loyalty because sometimes loyalty is an extreme extent to faithfulness. For me, being faithful means having the integrity, being true. So as a friend, how I show up is I'm, I'm an integral friend. I, 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 I am trustworthy, I'm honourable. Loyalty to me sometimes can be quite dangerous and people sometimes they tie it around and like a noose around your neck because loyalty cannot be done irrespective of wrong or blind, blind loyalty. That kind of stuff is quite scary. So I value myself as being a faithful person. I do value myself for being somebody that's quite funny. So actually when people describe me and I describe myself, I do use the word funny. Some may even say hilarious. And my brother says I'm the funniest woman he knows. He says that I'm joint top funniest person he knows with his best friend. But we don't pay that one in mind. So yeah, joint funniest person. <laughs> and I value that in me because I've also come to realize that in many ways, it's a gift that God has given me. It's a gift because there's a way in which my humor allows me to express myself, to connect with people, to be personable, put people at ease, et cetera, right? And so it's something that I've come to value in myself as well. I would also say that I'm actually somebody who's quite, I'm quite forward looking. I always like to look t- towards the future. And, I, and the reason I say that is because at various seasons in my life, I used to always look back. What is this? Why did I do this? And you end up staying in a place of regret, a place of despair. And you constantly look over your shoulder, whereas I had to reposition my mind and let things go. I'm also quite sensitive. So that comes quite hard to me because I hold on to things. I pride myself on being forward looking. That happened, good or bad, what can I learn? How do I move forward? And how do I always remember that what's in front of me is greater than what was behind me? So if it was in my... Mm. I always say that nothing that's meant for me will pass me by and nothing that's behind me is greater than what lies ahead of me so if it's, if it's in my rear view that's because something better has come in and so helping to reposition my mind to think future forward is something else I'd say and I'd also say that I'm quite fun loving personable soft life enjoyment stress-free living so those are a few words I'd use to describe myself as well as being quite ambitious I would say quite intelligent socially aware quite self-aware as well so I'd say that's Okay, so you back of that, you mentioned forward-looking, being forward-looking and having this perspective that looks towards the future as opposed to regrets or things stuck yeah. in the past. Can you talk about the pivotal moment in your life where you realize, oh my goodness, I, I'm not going to be hanging on to the past. I'm just going to be forward-looking. How did that materialize for you, that, that concept of, of being forward-looking? Yeah, definitely. And actually, there's always one that comes to mind. For me, five years ago, my dad passed away. That was a very pivotal moment just in life for various reasons, but ultimately the first reason being death. And I remember at the church that I was at the time, I was part of the leadership, et cetera. So about six weeks before my dad had died, 
my pastor had died and I was quite close to my pastor at the time. So he had died. I was part of the people that planned the funeral. I picked the colors. I was in charge of the family liaison. So I was really in the mix. So mm. it was the day of the funeral. I was coordinating with the family. And then on the day, my dad called me. And my dad lives in Nigeria, but he called me. And normally what I would do, I'd pick up the phone and say, oh, daddy, I'm out. I'm at a wedding. And then he would call me back or I would call him back. But because I was at a funeral of my, my then pastor, I remember everything visually. I was standing by the door, heading to his family, etc. My phone rang and it was in my top pocket because I was wearing this dress with pockets. So I remember lifting up my phone, seeing daddy, but I put the phone back in my, my pocket, finished doing my thing. Okay, you're in this car to the cemetery. You're in that car to the cemetery. And in my mind, I was like, I'm going to text him and say, daddy, I'm at the funeral. Then after the funeral, it's almost like I was just mourning, right? Because, and I say this to a lot of people when they're going through grief, that don't get so caught up in planning a funeral that you forget what the funeral is for. Because sometimes I feel mm. like your mind disassociates grief so that you end up planning an event. And then you realize the event is a funeral. And then you're now starting to grieve. So we had the funeral. Then a week later, my own dad died. But I never called him back because then I got lost in the grief of the funeral. And mm. it was five years ago, but for probably the first two or three years, I kept on replaying. If I had done this, then maybe that. If, if I if mm. I had called him back, maybe he would have... I was on the hamster wheel of what if, should I? And I had to go to counselling because eventually they wear themselves out and they can basically die because their heart stops. And I was on that thing where I was just, there was no stopping, but just say, if I didn't, I would never know what would have happened. But what I do know is that my dad loves me and me not calling him back didn't change that. And I had to then say, what is it that I do know if these are the things I will never know? And I had mm. to learn to anchor myself back into my present reality and say, okay, going forward, and so for me, that was a pivotal moment of how to overcome grief, regret, but then also how to give grace to yourself and how to say you did what you could at the time, right or wrong, that's what you did. And now you have to find a, form, a way of closure. One of the pieces that helped to unlock that for me was we went to a big funeral in Nigeria, over a thousand people were there, massive funeral. Mm -hmm. And my dad was a writer. He would always write stuff, right? So he would have a little pen and paper in his pocket. And I remember we were in his house in Nigeria, asking the family, we were going through things, et cetera, et cetera. And then we found one of my dad's little diaries, his little calendar, and we were reading through it. He had so many, we were reading through them. And in one of the diaries, it said, oh, something. And, and basically he had mentioned like a phone call that we had and he read in his diary for the day. And for me, that just touched my heart because it made me realize that on that particular day, out of everything that happened in 24 hours, the entry was about me because we had a phone call about something mm. about And it made me realize that missing that text message didn't mean that he wasn't thinking about me. There were a thousand other phone calls that mattered it, just because I missed the ones. So having to learn to reposition, how to extend grace, but ultimately how to overcome that sense of regret and not allow it to keep me on the hamster wheel. So, yeah. That's very deep. In, in your experience, contrast where you are now in terms of that guilt and all of that being freed. Just, just give me an idea of how things have changed for you and your outlook on life there. Yeah. I think for me, I extend a lot of grace to people who are in dark seasons because you oftentimes can't articulate it. Mm. On the surface, you're fine. You're doing things. You might even be laughing and joking at a party, but inside you're on the hamster wheel. A bit by bit, I was very emotionally fatigued. Mm. Around the time that my dad died, I, I hadn't been in a relationship for maybe like two years because I was so emotionally drained. I was constantly rehashing that. I didn't have a lot of emotional output. I didn't have a lot to give. I, there was just so much heaviness. And with heaviness comes resentment. There was some resentment to family members or some resentment to members of my old church. And 
I left the church. Mm. Part of that was also due to the fact that in the season that you needed me, I was there. In the season that I needed you, you weren't there. I showed up for you in ways that at that time made me feel like I had compromised on my own family. There was mm. so much resentment, so much heaviness. And when I compare it to where I am now, where that heaviness is gone, it's, it's literally like when that cloud goes away and then you start to see pockets of sun. Almost like a mm. UK spring. Not a whole rainbow, <laughs> not a whole sunny first. Just a little bit of sun, like a UK spring. And then it's getting less heavy. I feel less heavy. Like, now I'm just looking over here. And bit by bit, your neck starts to come forward until you can finally just look forward. That's how it feels. I feel lighter. There was a guy that I was getting to know, but he basically, he said to me, like, and we can keep in touch here and there, just as friends or whatever, but he said to me, if I had met you now compared to then, and obviously he didn't know the extent to which everything was going on. It's true, I am. Because I think I realized how fragile life is and how you have yeah. to live in the moment. You need to go after the things that you want. My dad lived a good life. He touched lives. He blessed lives. Actually, so his life counted. So why should I mourn for somebody who fulfilled so much great things in their life? I need to also focus on doing that in my life. So that when I go to glory, my life counts for something as well. So that also helped me to reframe. But yes, it went from really dark resentment, heaviness, into now feeling a lot more light and, and free. Yes, and um, my deep sympathies on, on, your, on your dad's Thank you. um, passing. And again, I think hearing your story makes me appreciate that the human experience is multifaceted, right? For example, I'm sure you are still going to work. You are dealing with grief and dealing with all these things, but perhaps yeah. people did not know who had ideas about what you were going through by sharing these stories and you've learned all these lessons. So I find it's really remarkable i feel like i'm getting to know you and to know what yeah. also makes you tick so mm. you mentioned earlier when i asked about people that made an impact on your life you mentioned your mom your sister and you mentioned two people as well and then yeah. when i asked you if your life was a book what would this title be you mentioned small girl big god and the reason why you mentioned yeah. that was because of circumstances that you said that you're coming from what were the circumstances that you were coming from um yeah. and if you give me the pivotal moment again, maybe if you on your journey to becoming the two lives in front of me, right? With a brilliant awards. Yeah, no, and, that, and that's a good question because without no little Tolly, there's no big Tolly, there's no who I am today. This short episode is actually a clip from Tolope's episode on the podcast. So if you scroll through our previous episodes, you'd be able to listen to the full episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please do give us a subscribe. And please do let your friends and family know about us. Take care.